Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Love and Movies podcast. I am Eric. And I'm Monica. And uh, today I wanted to get started talking about our second dog. We told you a little bit about Gracie when we adopted her when we first um, moved to Florida, but we haven't really talked much about Twitch. Um, it was while Eric was still working at the the job that do we? Talk yeah, we talked we talked about the job and getting me getting okay. let go. But what, before yeah, so right bef- right before I got laid off, like yeah. like a couple of weeks before I got laid off. Um, Eric had been installing some um, wiring and sound systems and stuff in a in a church, and one day, and this was. I'll always remember when exactly it was because Hurricane Fay <laughs> was approaching. Right. It was, I think, 2008, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, around there. Um, and it was the day before Fay hit because everybody was in hurricane mode. Everyone's preparing, you know, buying out all the water and everything right, from the yeah. grocery stores. And, and um, Eric calls me at work i'm at work and he's like hey uh so this thing happened and i'm wondering if uh you would mind if i bring a dog home i'm like what so apparently um someone had tied this poor little dog to the door of a church that he was working at and the the leash or the the lead was so short that the poor little dog could barely even sit down or lay down so it was basically standing out there all night until someone arrived right. at it the was, church it was on saturday this was monday that i called you but on saturday yeah. the people had you know had tied this dog to the church on saturday night or saturday afternoon or whatever nobody was at the church until the next morning on sunday and that's when they found her tied outside the door so i mean i guess she could have probably been out there for a whole day who knows but could have been yeah um so i guess they they had a couple of different congregations that morning like a couple different times and at both of them the the um clergy there asked if anyone would adopt this little dog and and take her home give her a good home and nobody wanted her and let me explain a little bit about the state that she was in yeah it was bad (laughs) this poor dog was literally skin and bone like a little mop her hair was all grown out she was not taken care of she was all, all matted and, yeah. and yeah. dirty and um you'd run your hand over her and all you could feel was her bones she had like very little muscle um she was in such bad shape that she had this really bad head twitch like her head just kept kind of bobbing to the side um completely malnourished um she looked like she had either been neglected or on the streets for quite some time. Um, and nobody wanted her. She looked a mess. She looked like she wasn't long for this world. She and looked old, too. She yeah, looked like she, she was did. probably 12, you know, 11, 12 years old, you know, with, with her. Yeah, she was really messed up when we found her. So Eric, having the big heart that he has, you know, he asked what is going to happen to her if nobody takes her. And they said that they would take her to the animal shelter where I guess if no one claimed her and what, what did they say? Like three days, 48 hours, two days days. that, you know, she would be euthanized. So he called me up. He said, do you mind if I bring this dog home so we can try to feed her, clean her up, give her a nice 
happy place to stay until she passes because we, we really thought that she was she wasn't going to make it oh yeah she she looked like she was on death's door so i was like well of course you know so after work i went and met him at the church i looked at her and i was like oh god this is going to be hard watching this poor little thing die <laughs> Yeah, it was, she was real. I mean, it's, it's tough to judge, but she was, you know, just yeah. hearing it, but she was in very bad shape. And the bad thing was we couldn't even take her to the vet because everything had shut down that day. For the hurricane, yeah. For the hurricane. Everything was going to be closed for the foreseeable future until the hurricane passed through. So we took her home. We, I basically spent that whole night cutting, cutting like out. little bits and pieces of her hair off all night. And she had raw spots on her skin. Like she had yeah. been either rolled or attacked or something. She yeah. had big scabs. She had open wounds. Like the poor little thing was really, really in bad shape. So I, I kind of gave her a very slow haircut. I didn't want to use a... And a, it's not like she could run away. No, she was... She had no energy to do anything. She was so weak. So. She just laid there. She didn't yeah. even move. She didn't argue. Nothing. So I used my little scissors and I just chopped little bits of hair away all night long until all her hair was cut off. I cleaned her wounds the best I could. Um, we fed her. We gave her water. Like she didn't really want to eat. And we were, we were worried. Um, yeah. You know, we tried to give her a little bath and clean her up a little bit. And so we just figured we'd, we'd try to keep feeding her and, and take care of her the best we could. And, you know, she finally started to kind of perk up a little bit after about a day, I guess, a day or yeah, so. It was a couple of days, yeah. Um, after she got a little water in her, she started to get a little bit better. And we, we she'd start to take little bites of food. Um and we're like, oh, okay, well, this is this is encouraging. All right, cool. So we'd give her little bowls of water and food, and, and she'd actually get up after a day or so and go and walk over to it. But it was so heartbreaking to watch her try to eat because she would she would take like one or two little sips or a little bite, and then her head would just like twitch to the side, and then mm -hmm. she'd have to try to take another little bite, and her head would twitch to the side again, and. I yeah. wanted to name her Faye because of the hurricane. And Eric's like, no, but look at the little twitch she has. I mean, I, she's a little twitch. She's yeah, our she's twitch. twitch. Yep. And so twitch kind the of name stuck. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so now, you know, we call her twitch and everybody thinks it's really weird, but. Yeah. But I mean, she, it was, you know, after we took her to the vet and they said she was about a year old, which floored us because yeah. we were like, what? You know, she seemed like she was so much older than that. But, you know, a couple of days after that, um, she, I remember her jumping up on the couch. Yeah. She had the energy to like jump up on the couch. Maybe three days after we brought yeah. her home, she jumped she on just, the couch and we were like, whoa, energy, yeah, she just She just bounced back so quick after that. And yep. then she just became part of our family very fast. Well, and at first we were kind of thinking, God, we can't really take care of another dog. We don't have a lot of money and we have a dog already. And Gracie yeah. was not happy about the new addition. No, she She's was like, not. Wait a minute, what's this little furball doing in my right. house? And so we asked everybody we knew, like, do you, do you want to take this dog? Do you want to take this dog? And everybody's like, no, no, no. You know, they take one look They didn't want to deal with the hassle of, of this sick dog, really. Right. I, mean, I mean, who can blame them? So... So, you know, eventually we just kept her because we weren't going to take her to the pound or the shelter or whatever right, and exactly. have the chance of them getting rid of her. Right. So we kept her. And after a while, you know, when she kind of 
got better and stronger and and developed her little funny personality, then everybody who met her was like, oh my God, this is the cutest dog. She's so sweet. I love her. I want her. And da, da, da. I want to take like, her home. Nope. Yeah. She's ours now. <laughs> she's ours now. You had you your chance. You had your chance. So uh, no, she's we tried. ours. <laughs> yeah. So of course she became part of our family and she and Gracie had her differences, but they played and they, you know, yeah. they had a good time together, along. I think, for the most part. Yeah. And Twitch is still with us, so. Yep, she is. Um, she's still here and she's totally fine, so. yeah, glory. Sassy glory. <laughs> her yeah, sassy sure. pants glory. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and we had talked last episode about me getting laid off at, at the, the job that I had before. So it was, like we said, it was nine months that I had been looking for jobs. I applied for just, I don't know, hundreds of jobs. But at that time, the market was so bad that no one was hiring. So it had just gone on and on and on. And um, I had started to, uh, you know, I was doing the freelance work and stuff like that, but I started, I've always been interested in computers. Computers was always something that I wanted to do. Um, so I started putting, you know, feelers out there. I'd always help people fix their computers, but I started saying, well, you know what, I'm going to charge for this now. So I just started putting feelers out there, um, you know, and I had applied for jobs working in IT around Florida several times to put in applications all over the place. And no one had been calling me back. No one for any job had been calling me back because that's just the nature of what was happening at that point down there. Um, but I remember I, um, the first real uh, freelance job that I got where I was going to get paid was Monica was still working at the surgery center and they had a computer that had been acting up and their IT people weren't going to be able to get out there for a while. So they got the okay for me to come out and reload the computer, um, you know, be on site to actually reload the system. Um, so I went out there and, you know, sat down at the computer and put the discs in and was just doing my thing, reloading it. Um, and there was this woman that worked, her desk was like across from you, I think. Um, um, she was yeah. like on the other side of the wall, on the other side of the yeah, cubicles, the yeah. cubicle wall. And, and she was like, my, my browser has been acting up and I can't get this thing to work and it won't go to these certain websites. And she was just having all kinds of trouble with her computer. So I went in and, you know, like reset her browser to the defaults and installed a second browser for her, you know, just like, you know, really easy stuff. And it instantly started working. And she was like, are you kidding me? I've been trying to get our IT people to fix this for months and they just won't do it and they won't take the time to do it. And she's like, I've got a friend who has an IT company and I'm going to call her right now. Uh, and she called her while I was sitting there and talked to this woman. And the woman said, get his name and um, I'll, I'll have him in for an interview. So I'm like, oh my God, you know, this is great. Uh, I've been looking for work for nine like, months. Hadn't you applied to that company? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Times? When I went in for the interview um, at this company, I, I sat down with the owner, Carol, and her, at that time, um, technical lead. He was he was like the big, you know... Manager, he, basically, he, office he manager, He was the manager right? of all... of. He was the manager of all of the techs, and then she was the, the owner of the business. So um, I sat down with both of them, and she looked at my name, and she's like, have you sent us a resume before? And I, I had I had actually applied to that company three times and never heard back from them. And I, I remember Carol going, wow, your resume must have been really terrible. <laughs> and, you know, it's because that was Carol. It was really funny, you know. And, and so I was like, okay. So we sat down and had this interview with them that I got just on chance, you know. And I remember, you know, I just 
it was just, it was very informal. We just sat there in a room and chatted, you know, about what I knew about computers and what I'd been doing and, and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of ran them through my history of building my own computers and, and helping probably people. The and probably the reason they didn't take a second look at your resume is because you didn't have any official. Yeah, there was no official work like, experience you know, with computers on there. Yeah, it was. Certificates or degrees or right. whatever. Everything that you know is like kind of self-taught. Right. Yeah, I figured it all out on my own. And so in, in actually getting a chance to get in the door and talk with them was all I needed. So, and you know, and I remember Jordy talking to me and he was throwing out all these terms. He's like, yeah, we use RDP quite frequently to get into the computers. And, and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm, sure. And, you know, and just, you know, fake it till you make it because I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> So I remembered everything that I could. I'm sure he'd love to hear this right and, now. And I've told him this before, yeah. And so, and I and I go, I went home and Googled everything. And like, I'm talking to my friends who are in the industry and like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? Like all the things that I would have to deal with if I got hired. So um, they actually called me the next day um, and and told me that, you know, you got, you got the job. Like, well, you know, we'd like you to come in and be a remote support technician for us. So I was like, oh my God. So, and I started on Monday. It was like, I applied on Friday. and they hired me and I started on Monday and I was like oh my god I've got a job making more than I was making at any of your other jobs at any of my other jobs like you know to start my starting pay was making when I was you know we were oh my god you know and and at this point we had already you know we had already the bankruptcy well not bankruptcy but the foreclosure foreclosure proceedings had already started on our house because it had been so long it had been almost a year with one income and we just hadn't had the money to be so able to pay for point, anything. We're thinking, okay, well, you've got a great income now. Maybe we can try to catch up. Exactly. So, so we tried and we contacted all of the lenders and people that were they were supposed to be because of this real estate bubble and all the fallout from that. And the government was like, you guys messed up and you got to make this right. So there were supposed to be all these programs to help people in our exact situation. And we called and applied and tried and tried and tried and no one would work with us. On the the foreclosure, it was basically like you guys are done. Like your house is worth eighteen thousand dollars now, and you owe us one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on your house. So like you guys are you know hundred thousand dollars in the hole, and you're a year behind in your payments, and you know you're you're done. And like you know you you got and they just nobody would work with us. So you know we were upset, you know to say the least about that. And you know I worked at this new company, this new IT company that I was at, we worked there for probably about seven or eight months and, and really worked Tried hard to, to, to make it work. Yeah. And I worked really hard there and I try, I learned everything that I could. And I really like, I tried to absorb everything I could. I tried to make myself indispensable to them because I, and I think they saw that. Yeah. And man, that was, you know, it's the best job I've ever had. Like I, I love it. And they, and you know, and I really worked my butt off and, and then, you know, just so discouraged because after seven or eight months, we're like, we can't make this work with the house. We're done. So we're going to, we need to move, you know, Spoiler we're Spoiler alert. He still has that job. Yeah. Well, we'll get there, but yeah. So <laughs> like we, we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't get, get it done. So we said, okay, we're going to move to be closer to family, you know, while we figure out our finances and everything. So it's after eight months working for this company, I had to go in, you know, the best job I've ever had. I had to go in and sit down with them and say, you know, I'm really sorry, but we have to move to be closer to family. We have to make things work for ourselves. We're losing our house. I just laid it all out for them. And I said, so I'm putting in my two weeks notice. I'm really sorry. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I went back out and sat at my desk. And um, at the time we had this phone system. Um, Carol 
uh, the owner of the company could, we, we called it the Kool-Aid man. Like she could just bust in on your phone at any time. Like it wouldn't ring. It would just go beep beep. And like Carol would be on the other side talking to you. So we would say that like, you know, Carol did the Kool-Aid man on our phone. So she did that to me and it, um, you know, she was like, Eric, I need you to come back into the office. And, uh, and okay. So I, I go back in and sit down and, and Jordy was in there and she said, um, so, you know, thank you for coming in and talking, talking with us, but we don't accept your resignation. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, like I'm leaving the state, you know, like we have plans to move, you know, north and out completely out of the state. And I'm like, so, so what does that mean? And, and they basically said that we're going to figure out a way that you can work remotely. Uh, we're going to set you up with a, you know, a router that connects you back to the office. So, you know, with a VPN. So it's like you're in the office and, you know, a phone that rings like you're in the office and, and just completely set me up. So, you know, okay, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't have to lose my job. Okay. That's great. So, you know, completely floored by that, that, that I get the chance to, to do that. So we, um, we proceeded with, you know, us getting ready, ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Ready to move. And, you know, without the fear of me having to find another job when I got up there and, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty special to to be able to do that but so we decided to have this big yard sale next like get rid of like as much as everything we could. that we could we were going to be staying with eric's parents for a while until we kind of got our feet back under us and right and we didn't want to bring a whole house full of stuff junk yeah of like eight years so, of accumulated junk that we had yeah. from down there so we had a couple of uh, my friends from the surgery center come and help us out with the yard sale. Eric's mom came down to help us with it. Um, it was <laughs> it was like a whole weekend that we did this, yeah. and it was probably one of the most fun yard sales I think we've ever had. Um, yeah, just because of our friends being there, and it was it was a little bit stressful because a lot of people who came by were only Spanish speaking and right. thank the Lord for um, Dora being there. Yeah, that was so because great. Because <laughs> she could speak to all these people and negotiate and she is fearless and hilarious and, you know, didn't have any qualms about negotiating. And, well, yeah, there was like, you know, up, you know, upselling. And right. <laughs> this woman coming, and I just remember the story that I remember is this woman coming up and she had this CD in her hand and, and she's like, I don't need it. And, and door, you know, and this is all in Spanish and she was putting it back and doors like, of course you need it. Everyone needs music in it their lives. It was like lives. a Latin salsa. Right. Yeah. Dance and she's thing. like, you, you know, you can dance to this while you're in the kitchen making, making dinner and you can do And she's like, she's just selling this woman at her, like upselling this woman on buying a CD, you know, that the woman, you know, it was like a dollar or something like that, you know, for the CD, but she just totally sold this woman. The woman probably ended up buying like three or four CDs because <laughs> Dora talked her into it. It was great. I've never seen anything so awesome in my whole yeah. life. She was, she was really good at that. We need to have, we, we've talked about it in the past. Like my mom up here, up north, I was having a yard sale. My mom was there at that yard sale too. She came down to help out. Right. And she, she was like, I need to, I need to call Dora and have Dora fly up and help us at the yard sale <laughs> because she's going to be able to sell everything there. But, but yeah, so we should, um, we should probably um, transition now to talk about the, uh, the movie that we're going to yes. talk about. And then we'll pick up and talk more about Florida, um, leaving, leaving Florida, Florida completely. And then, you know, cause we were already getting ready to move at this point, but yeah, when we, and the things that we miss about Florida, we'll talk about next time too, but yep. let's, uh, let's transition and talk about the movie real quick. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So this time we wanted to talk about a movie, another movie that we feel is, it feels like we're doing a lot of underrated movies. Movies that people didn't, you know. We like the underdogs. What can we say? I, I guess, yeah, that's what it seems like. So <laughs> the one that we, the one that we wanted to talk about was uh, Elizabeth Town, um, which is a, a Cameron Crowe movie. Um, it's, um, 2005. 2005. I think? Yep. 2005, yeah, October this 2005. Came out yep. With Orlando Bloom, Kirsten Dunst, um, Susan Sarandon, Alec a lot Baldwin, of great people, like tons of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, like you said, underrated movie. I, I yeah, don't I mean, think it I don't, did very well in the box yeah, office. I don't think it was critically acclaimed or anything, but it, you know, and it didn't do well in the box office, but just again, like, you know, like any Cameron Crowe movie, fantastic soundtrack. Just oh, yeah. amazing and really likable characters. And for the romantic fools like us, it's a beautiful love story. It is. Like yeah, just quirky. a very organic kind of like bizarre meat cute kind of yeah crazy it, thing you know so the the gist of it is it's um this guy's a businessman he's a, a designer and he he designs shoes shoe company and he's designed this what's supposed to be the next great shoe like it's gonna change the running shoe industry forever with its horrible name i think the shoe's called like the spasmodica or something yeah. like that which is just a terrible name like, so what, that's the start of it so. setting themselves up for disaster right. with the so name. So anyway, they this company puts everything into this shoe that's supposed to be the next big thing, and it fails miserably. It and flops he, big time. And he loses the company a billion dollars. And like one of the lines is it like you know I didn't not million with an M billion with a B. That's a lot of millions. You know like he lost that company a billion dollars. So and then of course he's the fall guy, right? Because the, nobody else in that company had any yeah, you know responsibility that, for you know that there being were approved. thousands of people working on this shoe. It's just right. that he happened to like you know push the design portion of it. But in any case, so he's totally distraught about this, and he's at the point where he's going to kill himself. And right as he's about to do the deed, he gets a phone call that his father's passed away, and so his family's falling apart, and they need him to go back to Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, to make arrangements to make for, arrangements yeah. to get his father's body because his father was going to be cremated and they were going to have him cremated in Oregon where they were from or where they lived or whatever. Um, Not California. Right. Yeah, that's the joke in the movie. Everybody in, in Kentucky is like, wow, when you moved out to California, all snide when they actually lived in Oregon. <laughs> um, but so, that you know, he's he decides to go back there. So on the plane ride from L.A. or wherever it was to Kentucky, he meets this stewardess the flight's completely empty so he gets moved up to first class and and he talks with this i guess stewardess is the wrong yeah. term now uh, flight, flight attendant. attendant yeah I'm so horribly <laughs> dated god I'm so you know sexist um Jeez. but he uh so he, he meets this girl and she's just quirky and Fun. and out there and she talks to him about where he's going and she's from the south and she's from that area and she knows all the stuff about that area and she's talking his ear off about it and he's just you know not in the mood you know he's he's four hours from having you know decided to kill himself and now and you know he's just not in the mood for any of this his father's passed away he's you know not in the mood for any of it but so and he goes back home and he's dealing with his crazy family and their ideas about Mitch, his what dad. What should happen with him and right. he should be buried in the family plot there in Kentucky. Right, that they've had for 200 years and all this kind of stuff. And So then and, he's got to deal with this family that he barely knows because right. they probably haven't seen each other yeah, since Yeah, they didn't go back a lot. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, just family stuff ensues. 
Right, and and, and that's and that's one of the great things about Cameron Crowe movies is the fact that they're so real. Yeah, like you can like they feel like a family. Be happening in real life somewhere right now. Right, yeah, they they all feel it's all interesting to watch. It's all fun to watch, but all the people are real, and all the characters are real, and they have, they feel like they have real relationships and real interactions, mm-hmm. and and that's and it makes it really really fun. And you know, along the way, and, he kind of hooks back up with. Right, they the run into attendant. each other again they, at a hotel or something. Well, there he at this, calls her, and yeah, and, and they have this epic, like all night long phone conversation talking about just everything. I think yeah. part of the reason we like this so much is because it, it kind of feels like us. Yeah, because like, we did the same thing where we, we just yeah, talked about just everything talked and, and talked got and all the talked. aired all the dirty laundry right yeah. at the beginning and didn't have anything to worry about. Right. So. And they're, they're both damaged. Like she's, she's in a kind of a toxic relationship and, and he's, you know, in his funk, but the two of them together kind of bring each other out of it when they're interacting, they kind of realize that they're better together than they are apart, which is one of the things that I, that I love about it, but they're not, they realize that, but at the same time, they're both in their funk and they don't want it. They want it, but they don't want it at the same time, which feels, which is one of the things that makes it it. feel very real to me. Yeah. You know, it it, is that, you know, so it, uh, it's, it's a great movie and it's definitely one to, uh, to check out and, you know, don't ignore the critics on it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) completely. There's one thing that she does in the movie that Eric and I still do to this day. Um, when you're, in a moment and you want to remember it and you just, you want to kind of capture it mm-hmm. in your brain forever. She kind of lifts her hands up to her face. Like she's holding she, a camera. She pantomimes. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she clicks the, the shutter and she's like, like she's like, taking a picture. You know, she makes like the click, click sound, yeah. which I can't do very, very right, yeah. well. You know? But, you know, but, but we do that to each other that. still when like we're in a we moment or to Flynn or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. And we just hold our hands up and, Yep. And it helps you know, us, and, you know, capture the moment in our memories. But, and, and the other thing, the last thing we'll talk about on this is, and it's something that I still wish they would do. So in the movie, he talks about that him and his father were supposed to take a road trip from Oregon to Elizabethtown. Um, you know, and it was something they'd always talked about doing, but now that he's gone, they never had the chance. So um, the Kirsten Dunst character comes to him and she gives him this binder, this giant binder. And it's, it's the road trip. And she's like, take this road trip. And she's put in CDs. And, you know, so he's got all these, all the music, the soundtrack to listen to along the way. And she's plotted out his entire route um, and where to stop and all these Maps, amazing things to see brochures. along the way. You know, like in Memphis, like going to the cafes where Elvis played and, and then all of these different sightseeing stops along the way. So he can spread his father's ashes along the way on his road trip. The road trip they were supposed to take together. Right. They're taking it together, but, right. you know, a little but bit yeah, late. Right, exactly. But I wish that Cameron Crowe or the movie company or whatever would release like a coffee table book of that road trip with the CDs and everything, you know, because that would be fantastic. I, would, I would love to go on that road trip sometime from this movie because it just mm-hmm. looks like a... You know, I mean, it would never work out the way it does in the movie because movie magic, because the right. CDs are timed perfectly and, you know, mm-hmm. but whatever. I mean, it was just, it was so cool. And I, it's you something I've always wanted to do. You can't traffic jams. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But, so. 
But anyway, go definitely see Elizabethtown. Please, Ignore please, what the please. critics say. If you yeah. haven't seen it, please go see it. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful. it's a great movie. Um, so with that, we'll wrap up, and we will talk to you again next time. <laughs> <laughs>